Hello everyone and welcome back to another segment of Grace Talk. I am Miguel and we have Ron here, pastor of Grace Grace Bible Ministries. Grace Bible Ministries. Sorry. I almost, I almost <laughs> forgot the name. I'm sorry. There's Bible Grace in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. And I've been out there uh, quite a few times, but yeah. I don't for some reason I just my brain had a cramp. Uh, you know, it's been a long day. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, in our last segment, we were talking about the man's dilemma, which is um, sin and, and how to, you know, how to get away from that or how, how to be saved from that. Um, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, the, the, the fact that we all reap what we sow, you know, which in sin. And if you want to kind of... Go over a little bit of what we talked about last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the fundamental nature of, of man, regardless where you live, you're a human being. Then you have the the, the sin of Adam, our the the first man that was created, and the children that he get, had, and we are the offspring of Adam, and we've inherited his nature, which is sinful. Remember, Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and in do, in so doing, he sinned against God. He transgressed God's commandment, and therefore, that is the essence of sin. And now he became a sinner, and then he had children, and they were sinners, and they had children, and all the way down to us today in the 21st century, and we're all sinners. So all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then we talked about the wages of sin, what somebody earns. You you live a life full of sin and rebellion against God and you die physically. The spirit separates from the body. The body goes in the ground. The spirit goes ultimately into the lake of fire, the great white throne judgment, which is called the second death. So you'll stand before God and the books will be opened. You'll be judged out of every thought, every idle word, every deed you have performed is written in the books. I mean, that's frightful to think of every idle word that a man shall speak. He'll give account thereof in the day of judgment. That's what Jesus said. So think of all the idle words, the filthy jokes and jesting, the coarse speech that, that has come out of our mouths. I'm not just talking about the listener. I'm talking about myself and I'm a pastor. I'm a sinful man that uh, if I were judged, and my own merits and my own deeds, I would be cast into the lake of fire because I'm a sinner too. And that is the wage that we have deserved. The wages of sin is death. So the great white throne, the books are open. Men who are standing there, men and women, are judged according to their works, are written in the books. And then if their name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, which if they're there and they're judged by their works, their name is not in the book of, Lamb's Book of Life, then they will be cast into a literal place just as the earth is a literal place, the lake of fire is a literal place. It is the place of the wrath of God, the eternal wrath of God. And the torment will be forever and ever and ever for the sins that you have committed and for the reality that you will be sealed into a state of sinfulness. You will not be able to, to, be, to find mercy or grace as you can now. See, this is why we want to do this program. We want to build up to the grace of God because this is terrifying news and it's, it's very real. It's very sobering. But we're preaching the grace, the unmerited favor of God that you and I don't have to go to the lake of fire. We do not have to pay for our sins because God has done something in Jesus Christ to deal with our sin problem. Amen. And, <clears throat> you know, religion always tries to weaken the offense of sin, um, or and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it goes, it, it, it you know it, it's accurate in the fact that you know sin is a heavy 
thing, but it, but it puts a burden on the person of, of paying for their own sin, um, which is tragic. Um, that's that's what religion offers. It's, it's it's very tragic. Well, define religion for the listener. What do you mean by you when you say religion? Because they're thinking, well, you're religious guys, right? And and you know, uh, yeah. I mean, because the Bible even talks. You know, Jesus says that you know, uh, perfect religion is to is to take care of widows and orphans. So yeah, I'm not saying that religion in itself is wrong. Um, in the fact that you know we are we are considered a religion. Christianity is a religion. Would you say it is a religion, though? Biblically, would you say Christianity is a religion? Um, yes and no. I mean, in a sense that it's a it's a it's a a belief system. You know, Christianity is a belief system. The the difference, though, and and not to jump ahead because you know me, I jump ahead <laughs> all, the, all the time. No, I, I do. I and, and, because my mind, you know, it's, it's all over the place sometimes. But but here's the interesting. Here's what I always tell people, or or what I've what I've shared with people is that is that Christianity is the only religion where the offended pays for the offender. It's mm. the only religion that does that. Buddha. And uh, Muhammad and um, you know the Hindu gods and and all these different religions, they their God requires things and and there's and 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 the and the man the person man woman or whatever child has to be the one that's scraping up their knees and and hurting themselves to try to appease this angry God. Um, which never they never they never know how how they're doing. They, they you know you can ask somebody how, how are you doing with your religious walk or how are you doing with your uh, they, we don't know we don't know. But see, God Himself, the offended one, the one that was sinned against, is the same one. The, the, the judge who's going to judge sin is the same one who came in flesh in the, in Jesus Christ. Um, and died for the sinner who sinned against him. So the offended one pays the price for the offended or the offender. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's very unique, and I've never heard it put that way. That where the offended pays the penalty for the offender. Yes. The judge pays the penalty for the guilty. Right. The standing before him. Yeah. So how did God do that then? Well, he did that by sending his son, Jesus Christ, who is God. Um, and, you know, we can, that's a, a whole other. Uh, sure, it's something thing. we definitely will want to talk and, about. And something that we will talk about. Like, again, I always jump ahead, but, but you know, it's, it's kind of easy to do when you're talking about, about God and grace and everything because it's, you know. Um, but he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the perfect one to die on the cross or actually let me back up to live the life that the sinner cannot live he fulfilled the law he did everything perfectly and then he went to the cross and was nailed there he was crucified he died he was buried and on the third day he rose again so he conquered sin and he conquered death Amen. So he did literally. This is not literally. Just, this is not just a you know. This is not just a uh, yeah. You know he 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 did. You know this is this this actually happened. It's actually historical. Jesus Christ actually died on a cross and he did rise again. Amen. So it's a historical event, just like uh, 
you know, the founding of the United States, uh, July 4th, 1776 was an actual date, an actual event when the na an actual nation was, was born. Uh, and so this is a historical event just as real as my birthday, your birthday, uh, and so forth. So we're not talking about, as Peter said, cunningly devised fables. So, so basically, when you're looking at the Old Testament, how God dealt with sin was kind of a foreshadowing of what he was going to perfectly do in the Lord Jesus Christ when God became flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And so in the Old Testament, they had all these sacrificial uh, offerings that were prescribed in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, uh, uh, and among other places, Exodus, primarily in Leviticus, that was supposed to temporarily cover the sin. So basically what would happen is the sinner would come, he would lay his hands upon this animal, this animal that had to be meet the perfect uh, requirements for the specific sin that was committed. He would confess his sins on over the head of the animal. And that was a picture of the transfer from the guilty to the innocent of the sin of the individual onto the animal. And then he would take a knife and slit the throat of that animal and bleed him out and kill him. And so the imagery was that that innocent animal died for the sins that that man had committed. See, the wage of sin was death, and yet the man did not have to pay that sin because there was a, a, an atoning sacrifice or a covering sacrifice in the Old Testament. Of course, it was not adequate, but it did temporarily cover sin. And therefore, that man got to live and go away, but the animal died, and it was a foreshadowing of when Jesus came and Jesus Christ himself became the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, and our sins were placed upon him, the righteous one, and he was crucified and suffered and bled and died because of the sins of the entire world. So think Amen. about that. All the sin of the world was placed upon Jesus Christ, and that is why he died. Well, and and, and just to interject, um, you know, they, they call Jesus the Lamb of God, you know, because he is, like you said, he is the one that takes away the sin. And I wanted to back up a little bit. Uh -huh. If you go back to Galatians, I mean, not Galatians, I'm sorry, Genesis. Uh -huh. If you go back to Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve, um, after they disobeyed God and they ate from the fruit, and then they recognized that they were, that they were naked, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they, they recognized that they, that, that, you know, that they, they had shame. You know, sin brought about, about death, spiritual death. I believe it also brought about physical death, even then. People don't, you know, they say, oh, they, they died much later, but I think the death process started. I mean, you and, oh, I, are, you and yeah. I are dying every day. From the moment you're born, you're, yeah. you're dying. You're dying. So, yeah. um, and then what's interesting is that when they realized that they were, that they were, uh, you know, uh, shameful, they were naked, naked. I always say, na na I don't know if I say it right, naked or naked. <laughs> anyway, they, they realized that they, you know, that, that they were shameful. Then they went and hid themselves and they covered themselves with leaves uh -huh. because they wanted to cover their shame because they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we, you know, we're, we've, we've gone against God. We, you know, we have to cover our shame. Then God killed an animal or maybe, I don't know, one animal, two animals, or whatever. He, he killed an animal, and he covered them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to, not to, like, 
you know, read too much into it because I don't know exactly how that was, but I doubt that it was like Fred Flintstone clothes where it was nice and, you know, it, it fit perfectly and it was nice. I, I believe that they saw this animal die and they saw the bloodshed and it must have left an impression on them that, you know, that God had to kill this animal to cover them. And, I, and, and then if you look, if you keep looking on, like you said, they, they were sacrificing animals you know, sprinkling blood. You see a lot of that in the Old Testament where they were sprinkling blood on the altar and on everything as a covering. It wasn't, it didn't take away the sin, but it covered it. it but it wasn't covered by leaves. It wasn't covered by self-righteousness. It was covered by what God is going to do later, which is to Jesus Christ, not only cover the sin, but actually Get rid of the take it away completely. Take it away. Take away the well, sin. and what you mentioned with the, with that the the Old Testament sacrifices were perpetual. Yes. So they were a picture of what was going to happen down the road. Right. And 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 so so let's say like I a promissory note. Yeah. Yeah. But the the problem though that demonstrated the insufficiency of the Old Testament sacrificial system was it was perpetually being offered. That meant that it never completely took away sin. You right. had to offer more and more they had to and more. It. They yeah, repeated all the time. Yeah, all the time. And so, whereas Christ was one sacrifice for sins forever, and that's why, that's why, mm-hmm. when Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed His blood, and He died and rose again, anything that we bring as a sacrifice, to you know, of course, you know, we have the sacrifice of praise. We have, you know, we sacrifice our time for others. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about anything that that we feel like we had to add to that sacrifice, mm-hmm. God does not accept it because Amen. it's because that sacrifice was His and His alone. He doesn't share that. It's not like, you know, 99% Jesus and then 1% us. we got to add something to that. No. He paid it in full, and so we have to rest in How that. do we know He paid it in full? How do you know that? Because He died and rose again. What Didn't He say something from the cross that kind of... It is finished. Amen. It is finished. And, and, and in the Greek, tetelestai, which is the Greek word behind that phrase, means literally paid in full. That's what it means. You know, I, I, have, to, I have to share this, okay? I know that, you know, again, jumping ahead, but when, when the two thieves were on the cross next to Jesus, they were both cursing him out. Both of them were cursing uh-huh. him. And then finally, one of them came to his senses, which I believe was the Holy Spirit, opened his eyes, and he said, hey... You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he tells the other guy, "Why, well, you know, what, are you not afraid? Are you not afraid that you're going to meet your your maker? You know, you're, you you know you you deserve this. We deserve this. We both deserve being here. But this man is innocent. He has done nothing. And he looked at Jesus and says, "Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom." And Jesus said to him, "Surely I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise." He told him. Baby, you're coming with me. Yeah. You, you're safe. Now, he didn't look at the other guy and say, and you too. You're coming along too. Even though you're a terrible brat and you're a sinner, but he didn't confess Jesus Christ. They were both just as sinners. And who knows? Maybe the guy that confessed Jesus was worse than the other guy. He might have been yeah. 10 times worse. But what sealed the deal was that he believed in the only sacrifice that Jesus 
provided. Yeah. And that's it. Nothing of himself. And that's where, he even admitted. He said, yeah. we deserve this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a stark contrast from when, from when they were first crucified. And he was with the other guy, cursing Jesus Christ and mocking him mm-hmm. just as, as much as the other guy. So that gets to the issue of appropriation. So Jesus Christ, we've established, uh, he died on the cross for our sins. Uh, he was buried. This is the gospel, the good news found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and he was raised again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the good news message. That is a substantive historical event that occurred. Uh, I believe it was, in, in fact, in the year A.D. 30, uh, in the month of April, or uh, Nisan, the month of Nisan in the Hebrew calendar. I can't remember. I think it's the 17th of Nisan was when he raised from the dead. Uh, you Don't quote me on that. But nevertheless, I say that to, to make the point. This is a historical event. Now, the question is, if Jesus Christ died for my sins, he paid for every sin I've ever committed or will commit, which is wonderful news. You can't deny that. Even if you don't believe what we're saying, you must agree that, boy, if that were true, that would be some really good news. And it is. It's the truth. That's why it is wonderful news that Jesus paid for all of our sins. That's right. We're free from the penalty of sin and death. We've been set free because Christ bore that penalty on the cross for us. Now, you say, okay, that's great. He did something 2,000 years ago. But how do I benefit from that that happened 2,000 years ago? I'm going to church today. Is that what I do? Do I go to church now? No. That's right, I said no. That's not what you do. I'm not putting down church attendance, but I'm telling you, you won't be saved by going to church. Miguel, you want to speak to this? How can the listener say, that's great. Jesus died for my sins 2,000 years ago and was raised from the dead. What must I do to be saved? Well, it's funny you said that because I was going to, I was going to share a, vi- uh, a scripture, but then you, you, you went a different direction. <laughs> um, which is fine, because, but I do want to share that. And maybe I'll, we'll share it. We're down to two minutes left okay. in the program. Well, basically, how you benefit from that, okay, is you hear the message. The message is clear. The message is that Jesus Christ died. Yes, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, okay? And he paid for sin. And if you believe, um, I was going to share really quickly out of Acts 16, 30 through 31. Um, so let's see, I've got to find it here. So it says, um, and he brought them out and said, so this is a jailer. Uh, what happened, just a, a, a really quick uh, thing here, is that uh, Paul was in, in prison, and he was in prison with um, Silas. Silas. Yeah. And then there was other prisoners in there, and um, they were praising God, I guess, and the Gates went flying open. And yeah. so this jailer, you know, he's, when he saw that the, that the doors were open, he was going to kill himself because he didn't want to get caught by the guards because everybody was in jail. And if they got away, then, you know, he would be, he would be uh, accountable for that. Um, so so I'm going to back up a little bit where it says um, in 28, it says, But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. He's telling the jailer this. And the jailer says, then it says, Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Okay, so this is the jailer asking, What, what do right. I do to get saved? 
Uh, so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, what that means, I used to get confused about that. What do you mean by his household? You mean by his belief, they all got saved? No, it means that they too had the same opportunity to be saved as he did by just believing. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul didn't say, now you must believe and go to church and do this and do that and, you know. Yeah. No, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's it. Believe. Amen. And I love that verse because it is so clear. And it's the question that we must all ask. What must I do to be saved? Is it church attendance? Do I write a check to the church? Do I commit myself to a monastery? What do I do to be saved? And praise God, it's none of those things. It is to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And what does it mean to believe? It means to receive the reality, the truth, that Jesus Christ died for you. He died for your sins. He really did. And you receive that by faith. He really did uh, shed his blood to cleanse you of your sin. He was buried and he literally, bodily, rose from the dead. To believe that is to receive it as the truth, as applicable to you personally. It was for you. It was for me. It was for Miguel. It was for every human being. But it's not appropriated to you until you receive it. You accept it as the truth. Amen. Uh, in the next segment, um, we're going to wrap this one up, but in the next segment, I do want to share a scripture um, that kind of ties into what we were talking about. But anyway, thank you again for tuning in and, and hanging with us. And we want to continue to just share scripture and, and share the good news of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, amen. And let me just share this real quickly. I failed to do this in the last episode, but if you want to call me and clarify anything, don't hesitate to call me. My number is 801-940-4915. Ron Tabor at 801-940-4915. And we'll be back again next time. God bless. Thank you. God bless.